Hello and uh, welcome everybody. Today we're meeting with Max. Uh, Max is a music teacher, specifically a guitar guy. Um, he travels, he teaches. Um, he's got a pretty interesting story himself, especially teaching music online. So without further ado, hello, Max. Hey. Where are, where are you coming Thanks for from having today? Me uh, I'm outside of Baltimore in Maryland. Yeah, very cool. Um, and so for those people who aren't familiar with you at all, uh, how did you get your start teaching online? Uh, I was working at a music school, uh, like a store with a music school, uh, starting in 2000, summer 2019. And uh, that was all in person. And I was teaching about five or six instruments. And I had a, a ton of students. It was pretty all over the place. And um, obviously, everything shut down the next you know, spring, right? including what I was doing in person. So that went remote um, around May that year. So in the summer, we had some time off while they adjusted. And at first, I was a little bit apprehensive towards teaching music remote. I wasn't sure how it, how it would go. And I'd known for a while, like even musicians that I'd followed on social media, even as a teenager, I remember seeing some of them post that they're offering Zoom lessons. So I've known that that's a, a thing. Um, but I wasn't sure how I would do it. And um, it it went pretty smooth. It took an adjustment for everybody, but it was pretty smooth. And I had students asking me at the beginning, what are we going back to in person? <laughs> and then that, that has uh, stopped. <laughs> People don't ask anymore. Because <laughs> I still have a lot of those original students with me. Um, it's uh, It's been a nice adjustment to not um, rush anywhere with gas and uh, if it's a snowstorm or it's raining or if someone's a little bit sick, we don't have to worry about, you know, but not incapacitated sick. We don't have to worry about uh, any of that. Those those issues that don't become an issue on Zoom. What I oh, say is totally pros and cons to both. Yeah, but the pros to online are pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of teachers teach online um, or have tried it. But. I've always heard music is one of those things that's harder to teach online um, because, you know, the, the sound delay might be there or something along those lines. That's the main reason I've always heard. So how do you combat the, the downsides for all the upsides, obviously, that you, you've mentioned? So it's it's interesting, but I've always been the type of teacher that like I, I customize my teaching to everybody. So everybody gets their own unique experience based on what their goals are and what, uh, what they're actually interested in. And um, one, that one of the main downsides is jamming together because that is part of the prescription for certain people would be to jam together. Um, but what I've started to do is use backing tracks and have them play along with the track because one of the upsides to remote lessons that I noticed from the beginning is that there is no hiding, you know, like in a room, especially if you're playing together, um, it, it is easy to, if, if you haven't been practicing or if something to kind of like get by. And even as a music student myself, <laughs> as a teenager, whatever, like I had figured that out uh certain times so as a teacher i'm well aware of that and, and how that can go but in online lessons like my attention is isolated on you and so i'm hearing everything i'm hearing all the progress and and sometimes i can close my eyes and hear in guitar like how well the note is sounding without even needing to see it you know um so it, it honestly wasn't as much of an issue as i thought it would be because um, a lot of things that we work on, I can just hear how the student has been progressing on it and I can put them on a track. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I, I remember I took guitar lessons myself once in person. Never tried it online yet, so, but, mm. uh, but yeah, learning the, 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 the fingers and things like that, 
So how do you work with students on the physical aspects of it when you're remote like that? Uh, I explain it and I, and I demonstrate, you know, I, with, with the guitar, I can show them, okay, so here is, is how, you know, we're going to fret a note. And I can show all the different angles. I can even, I have a removable webcam so I can move it and really show my finger. Ah. And it's, I mean, it's not all that different, but then, you know, like I say, okay, see, that's the part of my finger that's hitting the string. See, it's not quite below the nail, but it's not quite on the print, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, to get extra natural pressure, this is a 90% of the time rule. So there's exceptions to it, but we want kind of that final joint of the finger to be as close to a 90 degree angle as possible. Such as if you're building a house, right? The foundation, the four foundations, you're not going to put it at an angle. You're going to put it at a 90 degree angle. So our finger gets natural pressure from that. And I explain it very slowly. I go at everybody's pace because I work with kids and I work with adults and teenagers. So with kids, sometimes getting a note, most kids, I mean, most kids get it within a lesson, but some kids, it takes a while to even get a sound, especially mm. if they're young and their guitar uh, if they have a cheaper guitar, they often are a little harder to push down. Um, and then the thicker strings are a little bit, a little bit more, right? Um, but there's a clear difference between this sound yeah. and, and the clear, the clear crisper sound. sound. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so we know when we got it. <laughs> Yes, that's awesome. Wow. Like I, I'm in the ESL world, and I can see that uh, even you, with the with the guitar, with the music, are very attuned to using the the, the TPR uh, to showcase exactly what you're doing. You, you, you've got your highlighter there showing everything from the positioning, and you've got you can zoom in. I like your removable camera. That's awesome. So, how did you get your start teaching overall? Like, where did this come from? Your, your dream for teaching well my mom has always been a teacher in school she actually worked at my high school uh for a bit so that was that was kind of fun going going to school and my mom was was working there she was a reading teacher um and i th i've always had a knack for teaching i remember even definitely as a college student and probably younger um teaching friends instruments for fun or like, here's how to play this chord progression on piano. Here's how to play this little melody. Um, and a lot of people don't have the patience to explain something to someone, especially explaining something that's confusing mm -hmm. to someone, but I'm a naturally patient person. So that really plays in my favor. Awesome. What are your teaching specialties? I've heard and, you now uh, mention guitar and piano. Yeah, I mean, I, pl I play about five instruments myself, um, but that includes ukulele and bass, which are the same as guitar, pretty much. Uh, you know, a string instrument like that. Violin is different. It doesn't have frets, and it's a little bit different, but, like, guitar, bass, ukulele, they're all in the same family. They have the same strings, the same notes. Um, but uh, piano is my first instrument. picked up saxophone in, in sixth grade. I didn't really pick up guitar till between eighth and ninth grade. So um, guitar is not my first instrument, but it's definitely the one I play the most <laughs> and have composed on the most and, and all of that. Very cool. So what are your top, top three things that you like about online teaching? I like the flexibility of um, time and location and um, the flexibility let's just say that it's, it's it's very flexible which i enjoy um and i like that it really allows me to connect with the whole country you know mm -hmm. it's a little bit harder to expand uh, into canada and i'm a dual citizen so um I, I have a lot of i went to school in canada so i have a lot of friends and connections in canada but the exchange rate makes that difficult it's about a hundred extra you know it's like pretty crazy um so it's hard to sell to canadians although i would love to expand internationally um, but I can work with people in California 
um, Florida, Colorado, like anywhere. And uh, you can't do that in person, of course. So I think I, I really love the reach that it gives me. Cool. Have you, uh, have you worked with other online uh, teachers before, uh, either teaching music or other things? Yeah, so what really helped me grow my studio when I went private was I hired a business coach who helps musicians who are, you know, usually already teaching at least a few private students um, build their studio um, into more of a structured business with policies and support and, and group calls and um, marketing strategies. And uh, so I met a, I know I'm connected with a gigantic community of pretty much mostly remote, but a lot of the teachers are in person too. It's just, you'd have to be in that location, but basically I can offer to anyone watching this. If you want to learn any instrument, I can probably find you a teacher pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I'm in a bunch of online networks with uh, teachers all over, all over the world, really. Um, like there was a guy in that coaching program from Australia, which is pretty cool. Uh, and someone from Mexico, um, but most of, most of us are from the States. Um, and there was one part of that, one part of the marketing strategy involved working with another teacher and you make posts on each other's behalf. Mm -hmm. And so that got me working. We do like very short weekly calls, um, to check in about that strategy that got me in touch. Um, on a regular basis with some other music teachers who did different things than me, which is really interesting to those calls often turn into like, uh, just chatting about how we run our studios and our students and, and all of that. So that was pretty interesting to, um, you know, be a part of this world of other music teachers and we all have different styles. And with one of those teachers too, we did a lesson exchange so that when we do talk about each other, we, we actually know, what it's like to take a lesson with the other. And we have a very similar philosophy and, and style, so that worked very well. It's very cool, yeah. I, uh, I've heard over and over again, especially even in the course of interviews for the summit, that the, the need for a coach, for a mentor is just paramount uh, to grow. Anybody can get started, um, but to move to whatever you're, you want your next level to be, sometimes, really important to get that coach that guide uh, to really help you um what advice would you give to somebody who's first starting out as a as an online teacher whether it's with music or something else definitely find a coach for sure uh, have a mentor uh, there's no need to do it on your own you totally can but it's like that saying you can go fast alone but you can go farther with the community something like that, right? Um, that might not yep. be word for word. So definitely find some kind of coach. In the meantime, of course, there's YouTube University and there's, the, but there's also <laughs> a ton of Facebook groups. Uh, so there's probably a bunch of uh, Facebook groups and online communities for what you're looking to do already. And you just have to dig a little bit. You might not find them in your first search, but if you keep searching, you will find them. And other than that, um, well, one more thing on that is you never want to be the smartest person in a room. So if you do surround yourself with other people that are a few steps ahead of you to your goal, you're going to be able to learn from them and, uh, they'll share with you some of their mistakes and you'll be able to avoid them. And then you can do the same for other people. But, uh, otherwise, of course you need to be clear on what you want, because if you want to, for example, tutor 18 different subjects, it's going to be hard to market that. It's going to be hard to zero in on your ideal client. And you can always expand a bit later once you have a solid client base. Although in general, the rule is simplicity. Um, be clear on what you want. Uh, you might have to sit with yourself. You might have to cut some things that you do want to do. You can always make separate services, but uh, to have a clear message, it's best to have one offering. Uh, even me, I used to offer even online, I started out, my flyer said saxophone, guitar, bass, and piano. And that just became too, and ukulele, that just that just became too overwhelming. Bass doesn't work great unless you have a good microphone over Zoom. Um, piano, I'm, I'm not the best piano player, so I, I'm really just a basic teacher. And uh, it's easier if I move locations, like sometimes I'd visit my parents' house or whatever, like they'd always want to bring my piano with me. Um, <laughs> So I still have one grandfathered in piano student and I've stopped advertising for ukulele, but 
I have one grandfathered in ukulele student. Um, what helped me just like relax and be able to focus on my strengths was simplification into just guitar. So that's, that's awesome, my advice. Yeah. Find support, find a community and, and seek it out and, and be patient with that because you might not find it in the first week, right? But if you keep searching, you will find it. And um, be clear, concise, and specific on what you want to teach and what you offer. And uh, be honest with yourself about your strengths and weaknesses. Definitely, yeah. Having a niche is really important because yeah, it helps you focus. It's tough. It's tough, I'm sure, especially with music. Switching from um, your mentality uh, from instrument to instrument on a lesson. If one one lesson is a guitar, the next is the piano, the next is the ukulele, and back to the guitar circling all over the place and making sure you have all the props that you need or mm -hmm. instruments that you need for each lesson yeah it got to be a bit much i bet especially probably i don't know how big your piano is lugging that around if you're traveling a little bit yes <laughs> decent size so let's talk about motivating students for a minute here so engagement motivation so can you give us some insight on how you how you do that since it's a little bit different what you're doing uh, with music so it's definitely different but i i do think a lot of what i say is gonna be transferable to other things um the biggest thing for me is making sure that they're engaged and interested and actually doing something that they like from internal, from the internal, like from inside, that that they're not feeling like they're forced to be there, that they're not feeling like picking up the guitar is a chore, that they're actually doing it out of joy and personal exploration. And and even if they do have, I mean, life gets busy, right? If, if you have a period where you're not able to practice for a week or two or, or whatever, which happens, it happens to me, happens to everybody. Um, you know, that, that uh, you're still able to find joy in music because I do tell people, like, let's, let's make this really simple. Like, if you listen to music in the car and you're tapping your foot along to the beat or you're making extra care to pay attention to what the bass and the drums are doing in each specific section, that's using the same parts of your brain as when you're playing the instrument. That's still engaging with the music. And I do consider that practice. So it can be that simple. Um, if you're composing, you can walk around and sing. Like Beethoven used to do that, right? <laughs> you know, like uh, you can engage. Music is something you can engage with anytime, anywhere, no matter what you're doing. You know, um, sometimes I'm, I'm going for a run and the rhythm of my run inspires words or, or melodies just in my head. And, and sometimes I'm able to remember those and take them back to the instrument. Um, so I, I always like to start off the lessons by saying, um, you know how to go this week? What did you get a chance to work on? And sometimes there's a natural progression from last lesson. Okay, we already know what we're going to work on in this lesson, but mm -hmm. uh, maybe we just finished something or we're looking to learn more skills and we want to add on to the skill we're doing. I like to say, well, is there anything that you'd like to learn? Like, what would you like to do? I always like to make sure that, that I'm doing the style of music that my student's interested in. Like, if someone hates bluegrass, like, why would I su suggest a bluegrass song to them, right? right. That, that doesn't make sense. That would be forced. Um, but what I find is as we go into the interests of the student, after some time, it's easier to, like, bring other things in, too. Like, a lot of students might be opposed to classical at the beginning. And I'm not a classical guitarist, but I, I like classical. But after a while, I can say, hey, like, some of these melodies are really nice, and it might be a good way to work on this specific finger technique, for example, that we were trying to do in this other non-classical song. Do you want to try it? And they're like, sure. And then sometimes they, they end up enjoying like this new journey that we take. But um, I try to do more uh, discovering what they like and uncovering than suggesting and enforcing. Of course, there's, there's times where it's necessary for me to take the initiative to suggest something a little little more but I try to um, always make sure that uh, that the student understands that it's their own personal journey and, and I'm their I'm their guide in their own journey like they have someone to ask questions to that their own exploration is going to be able to teach them a lot more than 
me just lecturing at them because that's how people hear something and it doesn't fully stick and, and it goes out if that makes sense yes that so definitely makes sense my motivation is yeah it's, it's internal and uh i i make sure to keep it fun because okay. the second music feels like a chore and oh we're just doing scales all day like that's that's when people aren't practicing as much and, and they're bored and uh they're looking at the guitar like i i, I don't want to do that with with the guitar you know i want to sound like this this person that, that i listen to on youtube is really good it just looks <laughs> like they're having fun all the time so that's a big part of my philosophy is keeping it interesting for each student and that's it's not always the same for everybody especially so, age differences yeah so speaking of keeping it interesting and keeping it fun and, have, and still being able to have progression for the students do, did you make any kind of curriculum that you'd follow or that you use as a guide or do you kind of wing it for student to student or how does that work for you? I don't have anything official or anything set. Uh, I generally, like the, the intro track for everybody is pretty similar. So I generally start off with people and anyone watching this that might sign up for a future lesson, for example, like you'd be doing this, especially someone who's, who's never played. Um, big part of my philosophy is I find like I have an issue with a lot of the music education out there that for like string instruments that starts off just chords right away because especially for kids but people of all ages switching chords I'm moving all my fingers at once which means not only do I have to be able to push down one note but I have to push down three notes maybe six notes Yep. Right? And if, if I haven't even learned to push on one note, <laughs> how am I going to then remember this pattern with multiple fingers and then this pattern with multiple fingers and keep a rhythm on this hand and switch this in time so you're not switching like this. Okay, what's what's the next one? What's the next one? Oh, what's the next one? That's what makes people quit is when they're like, that's not rhythmic what I just did, right? That That doesn't sound rhythmic or continuous exactly that's, yeah, that's why a lot of people learned, quit because yeah. they're like yeah they're like no so i start off um with a, a version of happy birthday that i wrote out and i wrote it out on just one string I wrote it out specific on the g string but you can do it on any string since it's on one string you can that's changing the key um but it's on the g string because then once we learn the chords later on the chords are pretty easy too in that key but uh Sometimes I say, oh, you can end it with a C chord. So it's a way to throw in a chord. Uh, not, that's not how we first learn it. But uh, later on, I say, oh, we can end it with a C chord. That's all in one string. And as a beginner, it is appropriate, especially in the first, first month, to just use one finger. Until we get used to using more fingers. But it's a good vehicle, because this part, the frets are closed. So then later on, I can say, OK, let's try to use two fingers. So once prepared, so it becomes this vehicle to uh, then learn these other skills. So I start off pretty much everybody with that, unless someone starts off and they're already um, at a different level, then it's going to be a little bit different. But pretty much everyone gets started off gets started off with that exact melody, that exact song, uh, and even when I did piano, I still did the same thing um, because. In one lesson, you'll be able to come away with a tune, and sometimes we only get through half of it, depending on how difficult it is for people. But like you'll you come away with a tune that you know by heart, that everyone around you knows by heart, that you're gonna know if you messed up on a note. But it's also all you have to do is recognize numbers on the fretboard. Yeah. You don't have to go. Oh, I need this finger here, this finger here, and this finger here. Oh, like you know, like I'm getting dead strings. So it becomes this vehicle for. Sometimes we spend the whole first lesson just playing that very first fretted note, making that sound. You know, so um, I tend to be this, be very similar at the beginning, especially for people that don't have much experience. And then I brought it out because uh, some people want 
to learn church music and some people want to learn uh you know like acdc and some people want to learn uh like you know folk like riptide that's not folk you know like like chord strummy things and some people oh, want yes. to do this or that um so some people you know i have a student doing classical music so everybody is kind of different and i i i again want to keep it interesting so i use at the beginning some some tunes you know easy kids tunes like twinkle twinkle little star and stuff but i'm very upfront with people like um I'll say like, you know, th we're doing these as vehicles to learn some of these basic skills so that we can branch out as soon as possible yes. into a tune that you're actually interested in. You know, and sometimes that happens sooner than later, but mm -hmm. um, it's a big, big thing for me, especially on ukulele, like a lot of kids, like every beginner ukulele thing is chords, 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 chords. And, and a lot of kids like struggle with how that's like doing a hundred things at once. But like single note melodies, I find are pretty universally simple for everybody. There are some yes. people that it's the opposite, but it's like 5% of people, 10% of people in my experience that do better with chords first. Most people do better with single note melodies first. We build the skills, we build the callus, we can bring in other fingers and then we can do chords or we stick with melody or, we could, you know, um, so there's a lot of routes to take, but that's an interesting first, approach. First yeah. Yeah. I mean, because string instruments, we're literally learning how to push metal into our skin. <laughs> it's it's a little unnatural at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. It sounds like you're able to tailor your approach to different types of students. Like when I went to my physical classes for my guitar, the first thing I think we learned was chord progressions, and we I think the first song we learned was "California Stars" by Wilco, and then we did something. Huh. Else. Into Williams, like, uh, not the easiest, but um, and yeah, we're doing it in groups and things like that. Learning single string sounds like it would be a, a, an interesting progression for some of the folks that struggled. Like myself, I mean, I struggled at first to figure it out. It takes a lot of practice mm -hmm. to get those chords down, mm -hmm. especially while strumming at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and to go back to the motivation thing, I think having successions and this, because I've worked with uh, autistic people in the past too. Before I got into music teaching, I had some uh, jobs with autistic people, um, and it's very similar. If you build little chains of success, I think our brains psychologically don't always uh, differentiate between a big success or a little success. A success is a success, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so if you successfully push down the string for the first time, you're like, wow. And then you successfully play the first four notes of Happy Birthday, you're like, wow. And then the first six notes, you're like, wow. Right? We're building that momentum, right? Whereas if you struggle with chords and it's a five note chord and you get one of the notes and the rest sound horrible, you're like, no, <laughs> right? And then you're right, it does take that much more effort and time and, and dedication to overcome that. Yeah. You know, the, the thing in school that really got me started was this. In eighth grade, is once I, I played that whole tune, it's two it's a it's not a single string but it's two strings very simple i was like wow i got i got a tune and then i i kept going once i got yeah. chords that then i wanted to buy a guitar that was different but that was yeah, dueling I banjos think. wasn't it no oh to joy beethoven oh to joy it's really fast yeah it's very fast <laughs> yeah um i yeah. think that dueling dueling banjos is based off of that too so in some way um it's got that same sound probably yeah <laughs> that's a good song too but all right so that's really cool now as an online teacher we have to deal with reschedules and cancellations and things like that all the time too so what's your policy on that and how, how'd you come up with it so it was really helped by the coach that i worked with um but i'd say it started in the store uh we pretty much gave the store is a bit more like uh, harsh with makeups like they'd they'd ask us well i mean in advance it was easier to schedule makeup and i i think the store is just like no makeups if you cancel last minute uh, and there were no shows and stuff but that that was in person it was a little different um once everything went remote especially once it went private and i had help from the the coach who 
know, had a pretty much like a pretty general sample policy that, that we were able to adapt to ourselves um, that she highly suggested we use. Like she wasn't forcing it, but a lot, it made sense. So I took a lot of inspiration from that. My current policy is with 24 hours notice, makeup is guaranteed. Without, it's not guaranteed. It's still possible. But if things are really busy on my end, um, like if, if you did a last minute cancellation, you know, like I might not be able to fit you in. So, and people understand, and every time I onboard somebody, before they even sign up, I've verbally gone over this and I've sent them uh, a version of the policy for them to read over as well. So it's pretty clear, but um, you know, there's there's been days where I had pretty much an entire, um, maybe school vacations or in the summer or whatever, like an entire day almost of students canceling last minute, like it happens and it does throw off the schedule. And then that's like one, two people rescheduling in a week. That's pretty easy, right? But like five, six, seven, 10 people rescheduling in a week, that becomes a bit more of a Tetris game. And, and so um, I asked for as much notice as possible. And what I've noticed is all the families that weren't able to honor that have dropped off naturally. You know, it just wasn't a good fit. And all the families that have been with me, um, and I, the, the new ones, I mean, I'm pretty clear. I haven't had any issues yet with, with new families and with the families that have been with me for a while. Everyone respects it. And um, they understand if they, if, if they are, you know, if it's a normal thing to cancel last minute. That spot, I'm not able to offer it to somebody else ahead of time who also might need to reschedule. I'm, you know, I'm not able to use that time in a productive way for anybody. And, uh, and yeah, so so uh, people are, are really respectful of that policy and understanding. And, and it feels good for me too, because I'm also very generous with my time. So I do, I, I make up, I'd say most of, of the lessons that, yeah. that even are canceled last minute. Like I'm, I'll, I'll be like, you know, we can fit it in, we can fit it in even on a non-teaching day. Um, and I, I also have... scheduling like that then? Because like, how far out do you schedule and everything? Well, people pick a time and we meet. We always meet on that time. I've had people say, you know, we know six months from now we're going to be in Europe or whatever. So, you know, we can count that off and, and do a makeup. Because I, I offer a few ways to do makeups too so we can extend lessons. So if you, if you do a 30-minute lesson every week and you're going to take a week off, well, we could maybe do two 45-minute lessons the next week, you know, unless there's the schedule's really blocked up. That might have to move that, but uh, or we can do an hour lesson next week, you know. So I offer some pretty flexible ways to do makeups that that are pretty easy. Um, and there's four automatic credits that that come every year for months that have five weeks in them. Mm-hmm. So you build up a bank of makeup credits as well. Um, that's helpful for Thanksgiving and Christmas, for example. But yeah, so the, the makeup is pretty smooth. It does sometimes result in certain weeks um, being heavier, and then there'll be a lighter week. But uh, but that's fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and um, I think we can all relate to that. So it's, scheduling is a tricky thing, and makeups. Uh, if you can fit them in, it's awesome. That's more power to you, um, and that's very good. So. How about some success stories? Like, what is, do you can you can you think of a couple of success stories from your students? You said you've had some with, that have been with you for a long time. Yeah. So I have one student, and we mostly just write songs together, and that's really fun. These lessons are really fun, and she's just developed her voice. She was already a singer, so I didn't really help with that. And she sings, and she's in public school. She sings in the school choir and stuff. She's a very talented singer, um, but we have really been able to experiment with composition and we did we're doing less and less technique and more and more feeling and song structure and and composition and um the things that she's able to try uh they just really work and i'm often like the rest of the week having her melody stuck in my head you know, it's it's uh, it's really interesting because I'm not I'm not writing the songs with her. I do suggest things sometimes, but um, you know, I'm aware it's it's not it's not my song. I have a part in it for sure, but it's it's from her. So it's just really beautiful to 
it's almost like being the seed planter, you know, and then you, you water the plant. Um, that's really beautiful. Uh, I've also had some, especially young kids, this always blows me away. Um, a lot of kids have a, I mean, I think kids are incredibly talented at a lot of things, especially music. Um, the kids teach me sometimes. Um, but I've had some kids develop their ear to be able to like pick up melodies. And I'm talking like seven-year-olds. Um, be able to work out a melody from a song they hear, like on YouTube or something, um, and be able to learn it. Whereas they, they were scared of doing that the first time that, that it was brought up. And then they're like, they're coming and they're like, oh, look, look at this melody I learned this week, just on my own. And uh, that always, that just absolutely blows me away. And um, I've had some students, especially like there's one in mind, one newer student. I think it's been about four or five months, but it could be even sooner. I want to say he started in 2023. Which wow. um, is crazy for me. We're almost in, you know, halfway through the year, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, like we're already doing some lead guitar and he, he came from almost nothing. You know, so he's he's and he's even had a couple of weeks where he's like, you know, I got really busy with sports or whatever. I wasn't wasn't able to practice. But um, then he's had some other weeks where he just um, he comes in and he's gone beyond what we did in the lesson. And we're doing some some lead guitar and some some rhythm. Uh, and then there's one other kid. And this was this was really interesting for me because um, he was he was into guitar, but he definitely was like very distracted a lot. And it took us a while, but we, we found a song that he really was into. And so he'd he'd often be like, I didn't really get to work on, on the song this week. You know, I didn't didn't really play, play much this week. He struggled a lot. And a lot of the struggles is because you do have to put at least some regular time in. I tell people it, it can be as little as a few minutes a day to develop your fingers. We find this one song. And he's like, I practice, and he's practicing every day now. And he's <laughs> he just made massive progress, and he's also doing the lead on that song too. So, um, those are some it's always yeah, testimonial. Yes, yeah, yeah, I love it when someone gets hooked on something that they like, and then <laughs> you know. Um, it, the work kind of does itself. Yes, exactly. When the, when that passion finds them and they kind of uh, just run with it. Yes, exactly. Well, how do you keep up with any of these new trends or developments in online music education? Um, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what are so some like, specific ones? Different things that pop out. Like, um, one thing my son was in, into a while back. Uh, was Google's got that music? What is it called? Music Maker, Music Lab, I think it is. Band, he made band some lab. Uh, maybe let's see here. This one, I share it. I think I, I might know what you're talking about. Ah, not Google, uh, not Google, uh, Chrome. Yeah, so Chrome. And so, like, he made these types of things where you could just play, play along. Um, and it would share the music. Let's try this with this. Thing. Oh, you might listen the kids play <laughs> well there'd be something short like that so like this helped him get into music personally uh and i was wondering if there's any like tools or things like this that you might use with your students um or if you've got other tools and tricks that you find that work really well, uh, really well. Um, so it's interesting because I have I have some kids that that are into all kinds of music and into some of the electronics and when I say kids, I, I also mean teenagers, <laughs> students. I should say students. Um, and I have some that aren't, and I have some that you know we're taking guitar lessons, but they have a bass and a keyboard in the background. And, I have some that just have a guitar, maybe even just an acoustic guitar. Um, and I personally, like, I, I use my acoustic guitar in the lessons, but 
uh, as a performer, I tend to use my electric guitar and a looper pedal. And so, you know, I'm, it's like a pedal that loops you. So it's a foot pedal, but it records you. You can layer on top. So I tend to be a little fancy in my performances versus um, I don't, don't tend to use that to teach. Um, but again, like I, I encourage anything and everything. If it's related to music and it keeps them happy, that makes me happy. You know, if, if it grows their interest, that, that makes me happy. Uh, and I tell people often like, yeah, these are guitar lessons and, and yeah, it is, it's a bit much to jump around instruments like all the time regularly, but, um, you can treat these as music lessons and any, anything you bring in is valid. Um, you know, cause I have a student who, she stopped playing trumpet and I have another student who also plays trumpet and I'm a saxophone player, so I understand wind. Brass is a little different, but like, you know, I understand the, the blowing aspect of playing music as well as the strings. Um, and that's really cool if you have the looper, you lay it on the guitar track, you pick up your wind instrument and jam with yourself. Um, so those are some interesting ideas yeah because you can definitely yeah. i can see yourself doing a lot of things with that um yeah well, is there is there anything else that you'd like to show us like show uh show some of the other ways that you can work with your guitar and show people like what you do with your students um, happy birthday i've uh and some of your one string methods and anything else that you've created that works well with students yeah so a fun little game for younger students this would be fun if, if you had a guitar but give me another give me another three months and i'm gonna be in bolivia yeah. and i'll be buying a guitar while i'm there yeah yeah that's awesome um yeah and, and i always if you if you have any questions i always say this whether someone signs up or not like it's a blessing for me to be able to offer uh, more music, to be a part of making more music uh, flourishing in the world. And so uh, please ask me any questions that you have about buying a guitar, about, uh, I have a document that I always send to people. Again, I, it's, it's free um, with a list of items I recommend everybody have, such as these clip-on tuners. They're great, there's a few different kinds. This is a new one I just found out about that's tiny incredible strap a case all these things so if you or anyone watching this I, I, I mean it don't hesitate to ask me any questions about buying a guitar or even other instruments um, especially ones that you can travel with I like this little thing because it, it's, it's a little guitar and it fits in the overhead compartment of the airplane it's just a three-fourths parlor guitar so little, little tip there you, don't, you can bring this as a carry-on easily um, if you travel um, so keep that in mind but um, this this game that I do with kids is I'll, I'll hide the fretboard or I'll put the guitar down and we'll I'll play a note and I'll often tell them the string and say find it because you only have 12 notes in music total and so that trains the ear and it's fun because it then I say oh you go and you try and you try and trick me so we take oh. turns and sometimes sometimes I don't get it, you know? And then we can move on to two notes. I'll say it's on the same string. And you know, sometimes some kids some kids pick this up real, real quick and it blows me away. Some kids need a bit more time, and so I'm very patient. I give them three hints, you know. Uh, and and that becomes really fun. And sometimes that can take up, you know, a bit of time. But um, it's it's kinda interesting. Ear. Exactly, because even if that, that doesn't really give them a, a technique, right? Like, if, say we did that for an entire lesson, which, you know, we usually don't. It's a good warm-up, a good way to, especially for new new kids that we're still getting to build rapport with each other. But uh, theoretically, say we did that for a whole lesson. And, you know, I don't really have too many parents that, that really jump and like, are we making progress? Like, you know, I didn't hear progress this last week. Like, because in music, it's it's... You know, it's it's up and down, right? Like there are some some months where it quote unquote seems like you're not making progress, but but you are. Some some skills are uh, a bit more time consuming to, to yeah. master. But the ear training, the ear is actually a bigger tool as a musician than your fingers. Um, and so that's kind of interesting because theoretically, if we were to do that for a whole lesson, that would still have a massive impact on their musicality, but it quote unquote might not feel like it. And then we make it a game. So I really like doing that with 
with kids um people of all ages that's really fun and i didn't love that yeah i didn't see that anywhere i just uh one day thought of it it's a cool um, game because yeah i i, I went yeah. out and bought myself one of those little tuner things so i could listen so from my vote and see it would show me because i could never pay attention enough or never did anything like that for for, for myself to learn to look the note sounds yeah there, there's some websites for that too um in uh studying music in school we had to like they'd play us a chord we had to we didn't necessarily like with perfect pitch you'd be able to say that's a d but like you don't necessarily have to identify the the letter name but we'd have to say that's a minor seven that's a half diminished <laughs> that's a minor that's a minor nine like just by ear that we had exams on that and that, wow. that was one of my biggest weaknesses um at the time yeah. So I understand how important it is because I've, I've improved at it slowly but surely. And like I said, there's, I mean, I don't do the chords yet with that many people, the full chord thing. That's, that's a bit more, it's a bit much, but uh, single notes, I'm, I'm blown away at even young kids being able to do it and, or they can match it with their voice. Yeah. I love um, your, I love your one other thing, approach. It's really cool. Yeah. And, and I want to share one other thing that I do to make things simple which is this this uh, comes down to chords so it could be like these are called open chords the ones that have when you don't finger a string it's an open string so open chords are campfire chords or cowboy chords like these ones you know like these chords and then bar chords are like this where you're barring with your pointer finger across multiple strings so bar chords are a bit more difficult at first. I remember it took me about a year. I've had some students do it in, in a day or a week or a month. It took me like a really long time, especially F, which is like everybody's worst enemy. F major is why people quit playing guitar. And so I, I've done a lot to break down these chords. So I say, okay, if we think about it from a physics point of view, this, this part of the guitar is called the nut, where the strings connect to the head, this white thing. Yep. The first fret is closest to the nut, so it requires the most pressure to push down. It's the hardest fret to push down in general, as opposed to down here, we're far from the nut, it doesn't really require any pressure at all compared to here, you have to like push extra hard. So we can always move the chord up, the same shape, it's gonna be easier. Sometimes people get it like that. And a full F would be up, up here. Certain guitars, it's hard to reach this. Same chord. Yeah. Or we can do just, I like to like cut off strings. Can we do the bottom three strings of that? That's a full chord. On piano, you often play three note chords. That's a full chord. Can we do these three strings? It's pretty easy. Maybe four strings four thinnest that's a ukulele if you put a capo which is those clippy things on a guitar at fret five and you only play the bottom four strings it's a uke that's the ukulele notes oh, or right. you do just these without a bar the thicker four and it's almost the same shape without the bar though so that's very movable and it works on the four inner strings too as a minor so that gets us through if someone's really dying to do a specific song but it's all bar chords well i say okay we might not be ready for that but if, if you really want to do it we can simplify the chords and then if that's even too much well we can just pretend we're a bass player and follow the bass notes <laughs> so there's always a way to learn something if you simplify cool. it. Yeah, you just keep them learning the entire time. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, before we get going for the day, do you have uh, any promotions or anything you'd like to talk with us about? Yeah. Um, so anyone who watches this call, I'm very happy to announce on my website. If you fill out the contact form, if you're interested in lessons, if you fill out the contact form and write in the subject, online summit that uh, I'll give you a promotion for one lesson off if you uh, sign up and register. So 
you get a free lesson and um, I also always offer consultation calls and upon request I'll offer a trial lesson as well which is a free lesson no strings attached because I really just enjoy talking about music and working with people and, and teaching so um, again uh, what I said earlier like I'm always open to answer musical questions help people get unstuck from the land of only watching YouTube with no one to ask questions to um, as well as buying an instrument that works for you. I really like those small guitars for small people. My full-size yeah. acoustic that I used to have would cut off my circulation right here. So I like the small one, actually. It's, it works fine. Um, and it's cheaper and, and all that, but it's it's great, good quality, you know? Um, but I'll offer everybody a free lesson with the code online summit on the contact form of my website. My name is Max Weltman. I believe you can see it on the Zoom thing. I don't know if that shows up on the recording, but my uh, business name is weltmanstudios.com. You can reach me at weltmanstudios at gmail.com by email. And Weltman is spelled W-E-L-T-M-A-N. Yeah. So yes. free lesson and uh, <laughs> free consultation call if you're interested in uh, setting up lessons and, and actually talking about it and upon a registration um i'll give you a free lesson so awesome. uh and we'll yeah, have all that you. link down below here as well on the page for everybody uh max it's been awesome um, yeah. thank you for like bringing your guitar to show us some of this as well um i think some, some teachers out there are probably going to be inspired uh whether they're um, they want to teach music or the, some other passion of theirs mm. um kind of shows that we can do just about anything from mm -hmm. the online in the in the online realm mm -hmm. so i definitely appreciate your time today and uh all the cool information you shared with about your journey as well so yeah hey it was, it was awesome getting to to talk with you as well thank you for the opportunity and um to everybody watching this thank you for tuning in i, I really appreciate it from from everybody uh, but I want to say thank you, David, as well. This is really fun for me, too. Well, thank you again, Max. And everybody out there, stay tuned. I'm sure you'll hear more cool things. Contact Max if you're interested in a teaching, uh, or sorry, into you're playing your own guitar as well. Or if you know anybody who might be looking at doing that as well. So. Yes. All right. Thank you, Max. Have a good one. You too. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. Hey there, fellow teachers and digital nomads. We're thrilled to have you here soaking up the wisdom from our videos featuring your peers. But hey, we're not just here to entertain you. We want to hear from you. Got a burning topic that you want us to cover? Or maybe you got an awesome story, an intriguing insight you want to share with your peers? Well, don't be shy. Here us an email at contact at thetutorresource.com or drop us a message on Facebook. Your voice matters and we want to amplify it in our awesome community. Thanks again for watching and remember to like, subscribe, and smash that notification bell to be alerted when new videos are published. Take care.